Hey, everybody, and welcome into Casual Relief, a door disc golf podcast. My name is Ben, joined as always with Matt and Michael. How are you fellas doing tonight? Wonderful. Just had some Taco Bell for dinner, and I'm feeling as good as ever. No free ads. Okay, fine. I'm just telling you what I have for dinner. I'm sorry. Uh, I also had that same fast food brand today. So is this just going to be a common theme? Like you guys just update each us on like what we're having for dinner? Because I, I, mean, I like food. You like food. We all like food. I hope we all like food. Except I don't have an amazing I mean, joke this week for it. Sorry. <laughs> Take that back. <laughs> Some, sometimes I question why I associate with you guys because most of the time, how you doing is just like a rhetorical, like "Oh, I'm doing really good" or just obligatory, you know, having a good time. I'm not that kind of guy. We're not those type of guys. You're not that guy. Not pal. That guy. <laughs> anyway, uh, this is Casual Relief, where we just talk about random and proper nonsense, and if you agree with us drop a comment if you don't drop a comment because chances are someone's wrong uh but we're also not afraid to let anybody and this podcast know Mm -hmm. that each other are wrong uh toward going through tonight we are going to build our dream 18 uh first we're going to have a little tournament etiquette uh conversation and then as always we'll wrap the show up with buy or sell uh but first, just a couple of little updates on a couple of the polls being run on our uh, Spotify. And it ended as a deadlock 50-50 in the question of should Ranger Fighters be allowed in tournament play? Um, the answer is still no. So if you voted for yes, I am sorry. Um, but the three of us as a tribunal of your peers have voted that the answer is no. Um but then looking at our uh, poll from the last episode, who has the best starter pack? Uh, Matt leading the way with 50% of the vote. I am at 33% and Michael is in dead last. Uh, so if you want to know uh, what we picked, be sure to head over to the last episode and you'll be able to hear our starter pack picks. Um, and then you can vote for yourself. The poll will end. The polls always end a week after the episode airs. So that's just kind of our update. Uh, on where we're at. So um, when this comes out, you will have 12 hours left to vote on the previous poll. So uh, just a brief update on the Vote for Michael. Um, I mean, soft vote for magnet, whoever bro. you want with. <laughs> yeah, somehow Matt's winning with a soft magnet, which is like the most bizarre thing to me. But hey, apparently 50% of the listeners like soft magnets. Uh Hey, I said it last week. Again. Magnets, chains, metal, together, perfect harmony. Sure. <laughs> sure. In whatever fantasy world you live in. Science. Okay. Uh, so we'll open the show just kind of talking about some tournament etiquette and just kind of some things that we've seen and what maybe you should or shouldn't do as tournaments in the midwest especially up here in wisconsin are starting to begin um one of the things that i had heard uh that had happened is uh somebody asked a tournament director if they could join a wait list for free because they didn't have any funds rolling uh that to me is kind of just like a, a red flag and also just kind of weird like I understand, like, that you would have, like, he's, this individual is probably thinking, like, oh, I'll just pay if I get in, but, like, waitlist, like, you gotta pay to get on them, whether that's, like, a small fee or, like, you're paying the entry fee. Like, in my opinion, if you're running a tournament, you should just have your waitlist fee just be the tournament yeah. fee, because it's one less step you need to do later of collecting more money. <laughs> but yeah, you can always you refund guys- that afterwards, too. Like, it doesn't... Um, I don't know how a disc golf scene would make any money if they didn't charge people the fees to be on a list, though. So, yeah, I just—it's <laughs> just one of those things where it's just like a little like un—I don't know what I want to say. Like, I understand that this guy probably just was like, "Can you just throw me on the wait list?" But like, you also had to probably find the tournament director's contact info on disc golf scene, and it's right there, and it just says. Hey, you got to register, but I digress. 
about that. Uh, what's just some like your top do's and don'ts of like being a good tournament participant? Yeah, I'll, as you go, I'll jump in right away. Um, it's negative self-talk. Like, yeah, for you know, if I make a mistake on the course, I'm going like, and you know, like, you know, not curse myself, but really just be like, silly boy. Um, and I'll do the negative self-talk, but in a very like jovial, silly way, um, and then just forget about it. You know, two seconds later. Uh, but if you just continually harp on yourself, calling yourself names, and saying it loud enough for other people to hear, like, oh, brother, that is not the way to go. Negative self-talk. I'm the most self-deprecating person on the disc golf course, but I also do it in a very jovial oh, yeah. way where I just like move on. I like, there's been times where I've just turned around and like after throwing a bad shot and I just do one of these, like shrug to the rest of the car. And I'm like, oh, that sucks. It wasn't me. Who's controlling this hand? It was you. You just don't want to admit it was you. <laughs> Always. Yeah. Always. It's not me. That's the disc. Um, mine is the, the same, but even on the other side, um, where you just talk too much and you're just like uh, annoying and like all over somebody like who, all the time. Who does and that? I, I really enjoy, I really enjoy people who are like, like you want to talk in the card and your whole card talks together. But, um, I've played with a few people that like, and it tends to be they're like younger, like you're younger, you know, maybe under 18 that like are in maybe divisions that aren't junior that are, you know, maybe their first tournaments and stuff like that, that, you know, they attach to your hip and you're, they're just kind of there the whole time. And especially if you're having a bad <laughs> round, it's just, it's like, bro, yeah. you're a really cool dude, but no, go away. Did this, did this happen in October? <laughs> uh, <laughs> it happened in October. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'm interested to hear more, but we're not in the business of, uh, like outing anybody or, or, yeah, we're, I want to know more about that story, but like I said, on this show, we're not in the uh, we're not in the in the business of uh, you know outing anybody or throwing anybody <laughs> in the bus. Yeah. So I'll you gotta ask pay for you got to pay for that on Patreon. Oh yeah, you could. Oh, get there that you go to get that story. Yeah. Uh, I was I am a firm believer, and I say this, and this is a uh, something I try and live by on the disc golf, disc golf course. Don't be a card cancer, mm-hmm. one way or the other. So don't be like that guy like if you're shooting hot being like a total d-bag about shooting hot don't be super low on yourself if, mm-hmm. and just like not talking to anybody if you're not throwing well like i understand like you know that you, you're allowed to have like that kind of level of like quote-unquote professionalism or competitiveness right like you want to be in the zone and doing what you can but just don't don't be that cancer on the card uh if, been on the receiving end of a couple of them including a, a guy i played with once who uh, two, two or three putted on a really, really short and easy course or hole, and uh, uh, tacoed his Luna in front of everybody. Uh, and that was just kind of like a mood killer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that that's just kind of what I live by. Is there anything else that you guys are just kind of like, uh, maybe not so much like um, personally, but just like uh, like other behaviors or anything that you? that you think is going to kill things or, or good you know, to, I would good to say, know, or good you know, to do. not that this has happened to me or Matt's at any given time on a regular basis. Um, when someone offers you food, you should probably just be a good human being and accept the food that is offered to you because, you know, someone paid money for that food and is offering you out of the goodness of their heart. Um, and they just want to share a nice salty treat. Salty and sweet. Kiss and tell. If this is about him, we're airing this out now. I want so, to hear this it story. Is, it is tradition that every single round, Michael offers me like trail mix, trail mix, like nutty, like trail mix, full well knowing that I hate like nuts or peanuts or anything <laughs> like that. And like, I, it was funny the first couple times. And now he just looks at me really funny on the course, and I just scream no at him. Like, I, I just know yeah, it's coming. I go to I go uh, to the zipper, and I'm just like, yeah, yeah you know what's coming, man. That's called a that's called a bit, and I think it's <laughs> yeah. hilarious. It's, yeah, it's really funny the seven hundredth <laughs> time. 
but yeah um so yeah so i would just no, say like it, when someone offers you some food you should probably just take it <laughs> even even if you hate it guys even, even if, if you, you don't it. like it you should take it and then when they're when they turned away spit it out smart it's like that's a cordial Matt, Matt, life, life lessons from casual relief <laughs> do you have anything and then i'll give my kind of like two like two cents no i mean i could say the opposite of what michael just said <laughs> that could be the end of it offer <laughs> don't offer people food on the course fair uh on a serious note i would say to be a good competitor in a tournament show up and check in early Make sure you know where your hole is. If you have, especially if you haven't played the course or you haven't played in a while, or there's alternate setups, know where you're going. Um, make sure you're on your hole early, so that way you can, you know, duke it out with who's going to do live scoring. You know, just 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 be early and be courteous, and you know, just make sure that you have all the things that the tournament director has done for you, or that you do all of them that they have asked you to do. I. I've seen it a couple times. Live scoring's not that big of a deal. Everybody's got their phone. Don't make it a bigger deal than it needs to. Just my advice. Um, I just thought of just one. Be cool. Um, how do you guys feel about people like around you in your line of sight when you're putting? I don't care. Like unless ben. you're doing something mm. so incredibly like out of pocket that like you're drawing attention to yourself then yeah i don't care like i'm gonna get in the zone the way i get in the zone i'm gonna focus where i need to focus and i'm gonna putt when i'm ready to putt if something else changes i I don't care that's that's the environment i can't control everything when i'm playing disc golf if they're like at a decent enough distance like away from me then that's fine but like if i fully like could like feel their presence then like Maybe they're a little close, but like they're not gonna bother me if they're like on circle's edge, like around and in my view. Like that's not Fair. gonna bother me. And yeah. I'm also not allowed to say anything because I have such bad self awareness of where I am on the course that I always <laughs> end up unintentionally in someone's line of sight. So yeah, I just feel like it's I just feel like it's one of those like crutches or like people miss putts and they're oh, like, yeah. Oh, well you were in my line of sight or, Oh, you like mm-hmm. back up. Like you're going to affect me. Like you're not missing the putt because you can see someone in your peripherals. You're missing the putt because you're bad at putting. Mm-hmm. Like it's just like when people rip a bad shot and it's like early release or bad angle. And then they just like immediately look at their hand and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> like what? Like you I just, just uh, like you early release, you late release, you grip lock. Like this is on you. Like there's no like we we talked about that like separately, like off, like off off air. And I've been starting to play pickleball every week now, and I do that same exact thing. Except I look at the pad, I look at the paddle, and I'm just like like, hey, is there a hole in my paddle? Like, <laughs> and there there clearly isn't. But that just reminded me Thanks of that. Thanks for the invite. Pickleball's fun, by the way. Yeah, yeah. TFTI. Yeah. I thought. Guess I would, we're not cool enough, Michael. Should, you know, Do you want to start a separate yeah, pickleball group? Like okay. <laughs> well, fun. enough of our personal <laughs> lives. Let's move the into show, the show. Is getting really deep. Yeah, we're going off the rails, but that's okay. We we record on Friday. It's been a long week. We're blowing off some steam with some absolute nonsense. Uh, but we'll move into our main segment tonight. We are building our Dream 18, and uh, we might have played these holes. We might not have played these holes. Um, most of, well, at least some of my picks, you've definitely probably seen if you've watched any coverage. Um, but th- we didn't, the rules, at least the way that I interpreted them, is that we didn't have to pick like a specific number. We were just picking our top eight just as backup in case we were duplicates and then we also picked our dishonorable mentions mm-hmm. um so we're gonna each kind of go around we'll we'll each go one at a time and we'll pick um our holes uh we'll each we'll talk about a hole and then the next person will go so um we'll kind of go from there and then um i will get leave this to michael to write these down or the ones that get picked and then we will pick and choose Andy our Dave. 18 and he's ready to go uh like Steve from uh-huh. Blue's Handy Dandy right. Notebook. 
All right. Uh, Matthew, what do you got? Start us off. What's your start so, what's I'm gonna start I'm gonna start us off with my favorite hole in disc golf. Um and it's ironic that I'm going first because this one is a hole eighteen. Um and it is hole eighteen at Fox Run Meadows. Um I really like the hole. I just love the GMC courses in general. I said it on the last podcast that like every time I feel like they go up there, it's kind of like a world and it's just, it's such a great atmosphere. Um, just watch the coverage again from the last, from the 2022 GMC, which confirmed Ricky did win, but definitely not as, as big a margin as I thought. Um, it's way closer than I thought it was, but, um, just a great hole 18 really, really makes you think about a hole. Um, you, you can try to crush it long, but you bring OB into play. Um, and the upshot isn't the easiest thing in the world, too. If you cook that long, you're probably going to be long. Um, just a great hole, great finishing hole, just in general. You got stats on that? Is it a, on, on par and distance? If not, it's totally cool. Just oh, I'm curious. sorry. It is a 775-foot par four. Ooh. Right on. It's a good – I mean, I'll just kind of chime in. I think it's, it is a great finishing hole, especially when you yeah. look at um, TKM, mm-hmm. when you're watching coverage and you see the mountain range so behind. Good. Yeah, definitely. So scenic. Definitely, definitely a, good, a good hole. Um, I love so a par many, four finishing hole yeah. too. Like, yeah, yeah. My, my big thing is I love par four starting holes and I love par four finishing great. holes. Um, and what really makes a course to me is the scenery around it. I mean, I could have picked so many courses, um, specifically one of them like a skyline, like skyline in uh, the Napa Valley area in California that I've played. I could have picked pretty much all 18 of those because of the scenery it plays in, but um, just love holes like that in general. Perfect. All right, Ben, hit us. Michael. Okay, I'll go for it. I'll go for it. Um, Hole five at Clover Cliff Ranch Park in Deborah, Kansas is a 604 foot par four. Granted, I don't think many people have played this. Um, it's an EMAC designed course. And. Well, to be fair, all of them yeah, for you. Yeah, that's about right. Um, <laughs> but it, it legit looks like you're in Scotland. Um, rocks everywhere. You have to be really careful of <laughs> how you throw your disc. You know, it's also a cattle ranch, so you have to be careful of some, you know, cow pies out there. But you tee off from an elevated. Um, area down into a valley and then you probably have every bit of 500 feet until a river that creates a peninsula green and you have to throw that shot safe to get on the peninsula to finish for the par four so fun when i played it it was a ripping headwind and i threw a night sexton firebird and it looked like a t-bird Wind in Emporia? No, that doesn't happen. What? But yeah, absolutely bucket list course. Same thing with Matt. I could probably place every single hole on that list um, and have the best time. So, yeah. I don't. I haven't seen it. Haven't played it, so I don't have anything to add. But based on what you're saying, Emporia sounds like a fever dream and something I want to participate in. So, we'll be sure to add that to oh, my yeah. list. All right, hit us with it, dude. All right. Um, iconic. Par 3, 3, 220 feet, Maple Hill hole 8. It's just hot like take. there's you're, really – there's not much – I don't like it. Really? I don't like – I don't like the no. atmosphere of the 8 holes. I think it's kind of out of place. Like We're not You're trying going... to like run a – I know. I know what you mean, but... We're going through the hole itself, not yeah. the eight holes. Or Fair like enough. That, you take that out, it, you take that out, it's a good water hole. Water carry. That was not part of the rule. Water carry. It's got a water carry, and it's a short yeah. water carry. The drop zone is also, like, an appropriate yeah. drop zone. I do like love the drop zone. drop zones. Mm-hmm. Like, I know you don't like the eight holes, but the eight, the, the eight hole, the whole eight hall of fame is hilarious, yeah. and I love it. That you sign the board if you hit the drop zone putt. So good. All right, um, we're going to clip this. Uh, Matt hates fun. <laughs> I mean, I'm the bad guy on the podcast. Matt hates I, having a good time. I claimed time. it week one. I'll claim it now. So. <laughs> All right. Back um, to you, sir. My um, Going off the theme of island holes, 
Um, my second hole is Hornet's Nest Hole 2. Um, and I actually prefer the FPOT at 267 feet uh, more than the men's 330 feet foot. Um, par, they're both par threes. Um, so you, you have played this? I have, and I have played okay. this personally. Have you played um, both the I've, FPO I, and the MPO tees? No, we played, and actually, it's it stinks because when I went to go play, I didn't get to actually, I didn't play the actual island hole. So I played something similar. I've played from the tee, but not the basket. So it's only set up in tournament times in the island position. But, um, but oh, to... I just had to remember what this one was. Okay, yes, yeah. now I. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but great hole. I think it's. I think it's a great island hole plus the trees that mm-hmm. kind of like force you to play an accurate shot rather than just a dinky hyzer onto an island. Um, and I think that the drop zone is. It, it's definitely a punishing drop zone if you don't um, Fully hit the agreed. island. So oh. um, I'm not a huge fan of the NPOT only because um, I think it brings like a weird Mando yeah. into play. And like Mando slash Island, I mean, it's a, probably a great pro tour hole, but I'm thinking myself playing it. Um, you know, I don't, I don't really like the aesthetic of like game? where. No, no, surprisingly not. Um, it just does real quick, just to interject. It does bring up a good point, though. Like, just like when Simon says, like he doesn't play like Maple Hill, like Golds yeah. or the mm-hmm. Diamonds for for fun. Like, yeah, just a great, just a great point right there. Like. Tees just because you can play the tees doesn't mean you should. Not because you can't handle them, but they're just probably less fun. And everyone likes birds. What was the footage on that again, dog? Uh, the FPOT two sixty seven two six seven. Love it. All right, Ben. I think I think it's you, island dog. in a row. I'll just go. I'll just go. We'll keep the island train going. Winthrop Arena, USDGC, hole 17, par 3, 249. My notes and my comments, islands are fun, and this is iconic with the hay bales. <laughs> islands are fun, if you hit them. Just, yeah, but just when islands are hit, or the, like when islands are done well, yeah. they're fun. Yeah. Like when the islands are too tight, or like you have to really shot shape, and like it's not just like throw it, then that's not fun. I have lost two. I, I played that course and lost two discs Ooh. on that hole. You went long. It was a good time. Yeah. Dang. Nice. Okay. Anything to add, no, I Michael? I got nothing to add. No, I got nothing. Just like, I mean, notes were right there. Yes, notes were simple. There. It's yeah, iconic. It and- Everyone's <laughs> seen it. Everyone's seen it. Um. All right. My second pick is hole twenty-six at Silver Creek. Most of you. All have seen it as the lighthouse hole. It is a mm. 439 foot par four. Could be considered a par three, just because if you're playing it, you could get it in two. But it's a fun, fun par four. Um, takes you right out to Lake Michigan. Yeah, it's a par four. That's it's a four. four. It is yeah. a par four. Okay, that's a par three. If I'm getting up and down in three. <laughs> Yeah, Personally, I think it's folks, definitely like one of those I... tweener tweener holes for sure. But I, I I think for like a pro tour event, I would probably put yes. it as a three. Pro tour event, it's a three. 100%. Yeah, for just fun recreational play, it's a par four. Could even maybe be a par five. Um, but it takes you right out to Lake Michigan. Iconic hole. Might be able to see a glitch. Might be able to see a glitch if you're uh... surrounded by one of yours. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, goodness. I don't need to say anymore. This is the this is the kiss and tell show. I suppose. Huh? <laughs> Just we got to time out and tell this story quick. Uh, I'm gonna let yeah, Matt tell the story uh, about something that shortly happened shortly after or before. before. I don't remember if it was, was before, before or after this. this before. Right. Okay. Yeah. So right before this hole. Uh, yeah. It's about precisely two and a half holes before this hole that um i have a love i had a love hate relationship with the mvp glitch um big sonic fan love the sonic and um tried so hard to make like an all mvp bag um i got so frustrated with the disc that i um as the kids would say yeeted it uh into lake michigan and it was the best throw I've ever had with it in my entire life. And I will never see it again. 
That was a good day. That was the first day I met Michael. <laughs> or not Michael, uh, Ben. First day I met Ben. First day you met him? That was the first yeah, day you played around with him. Oh, I suppose. You're right. You're correct. Awesome. But that's where you really meet it people, is. though. Yeah, you really around. get to know someone on the course. Yeah. All right, Matt, mm-hmm. give, us, give us your next one. All right. Uh, not quite an island, but close enough as an island for me. Uh, USDGC Hole 5. Ooh. Uh 1,025 foot par five um, with a mando that forces you to throw over like the lake yeah. slash pond that's Twice. there. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's mm-hmm. uh, it's a great, I think it's a great hole. I love par four, par fives. Um, and when I played that, also lost a disc there. I lost a lot of discs when I played that course. Whoops. Um, but lost, uh, lost a nice dyed wave that I threw for oh. the first time. Um, doing my upshot into that, uh, into the basket, but, uh, the pros make that look so easy and it's just, it's just a, such a fun hole to play. Yeah. Own Scoggins skips it off the water. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. A lot of really cool highlights. I feel oh, like yeah. Kevin, uh, I think Kevin Jones had an Eagle on that hole. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. And then he cartwheeled. <laughs> yeah. Gotta love the KJ USA mm-hmm. cartwheels, man. All right. Good, Ben. Yeah. yeah. All right, this is the only hole on my list that I have actually played. It is Idlewild Hole 4. Um, it plays as a 4 for the men, a 5 for the women. It is 722 feet. Um, so you throw over the pond as a water carry, and then you go out into a, like a landing, and then you have a really tight tunnel through the woods um, that you cross the river, and then it opens back up, and then... Um, the basket's kind of at the top of a hill. So you really have to kind of, I watched in preparation for this, I watched a little bit of coverage from last year's Idlewild for it. Um, And you really have two kind of choices uh, because the gap is not really easy to hit. You can either lay up for, take the four by throwing a mid range over uh, the pond, or you can kind of pipe it a little bit and really try and attack um by throwing like a fairway but you can really get into the sticks and into the rough down over by um kind of the opening so i really love holes that make you think about disc selection um so that was one of um that's that's why it's on my list i've played this and i took a five um and i was very happy (laughs) with it because it, it is it is long and there's elevation change and and I I cry I I played it safe and I threw I threw a fairway driver and I'm obviously not a pro player so I got some good distance on it but then like I ended up hitting a tree and it was really mm. short like so then I had to lay up and then pipe it and just very happy with it but super fun hole to play um but yeah that's why it's on my list just makes you think got some good water carry. I'm banked. Another hole that not probably not a lot of people have played, um, but it is hole two at green at the Green Gauntlet at Palmetto Point. It's a course in Florida, just north of Orlando. It's a course I played for uh, Worlds in 2021. Incredible par four, 543 feet with. Probably a 15 to 20 foot wide fairway. Big trees. Looks like you're in a jungle. The entire the entire hole, um, and uh, just you know, just a fun. Once again, another elevated tee, and you're shooting down into the palmettos. Um, super super fun course. Super fun hole. Any questions about it? No. Never another one I've never heard of. So you're you're like two uh-huh. for three on holes we've never heard of. Congrats! Yeah, we're getting a good mix here. <laughs> this is good. <laughs> um, I was gonna go more mainstream for my next one, but I am gonna go um with another last hole, um, another finishing hole. Except it's hole um in the past it was referred to hole twenty seven. I believe it's now hole twenty nine at Sandy Point in Lac de Flambeau, Wisconsin. Ooh. Uh, it's a 337 foot par three. Um, essentially, it's a big old hyzer bomb 
um, to a super tiny peninsula green. Um, there's a little bailout shot that I always take. That's like a <laughs> 200 or 300 foot hyzer shot. And then out of bounds, I mean, it, the, on the whole right side is a gigantic lake. Like that if you go out of bounds, um, your it drop is zone the is, it is, the it is, yeah, it, it is the lap. Um, <laughs> but your, your drop zone, if you go out of bounds is, uh, the end of a dock <laughs> that shoots to the pier. Um, and it's just, it's, it's a fantastic, I think it's a fantastic finishing oh, yeah. hole. Absolutely punishing so in a headwind. Um, and the upshot is super critical because it's, I, oh, what, Michael, it can't be any more than five feet, five to seven oh, yeah, feet wide yeah, yeah. as you get closer yeah. to the basket. Um, and it really, it really tests your mental strength and fortitude on your putting because you need to be confident as you hit that putt on the peninsula. So fun. So fun. Sandy Point has just such a great place in my heart. Like, I love that course. Uh, I can confirm as well. Um, it was the number one course in Wisconsin. Thanks for doing oh, that research. That, uh, when those stats Dude, came out. You, hey, you, I'm on hey, the research, man. Them. I'm on Someone's got to do it. <laughs> yeah. The, as you notice, I fact-checked myself, only myself, and I was right both yeah. times. So Sounds fun. You're welcome. <laughs> All right, Ben, hit us with it. Uh, hole three at Toboggan, oh, Deeglo. Yeah. It plays as a four and a five. Uh, it's 912 feet. Um. I liked it. I I picked it because it's a lot of people's mm-hmm. favorites. Because um, it's it's it curves a little bit, different shot shapes, but it's downhill. You got some rough on the on both sides, so you got to really kind of place your shot. Makes it a little bit uh, tougher unless you're a top pro. And some some pros have flash chains for an eagle. That's before, the one that goes but, downhill um, and then is up on that like little elevated spot yeah so it goes down it goes downhill and curves to the right and then comes up a little bit and it's um wide open um if you have that like wide circle like long grass in the kind of in the middle isn't it on the corner yeah yep this is the one where when paul oh yeah yeah shot his perfect round he almost went 19 down because he hit chains Mm -hmm. on the on for his eagle um and then this is also the hole where i Yuli was doing GK Pro skins, I believe, and let a, a kid throw for his shot, like a yeah. five-year-old kid. Man of yep, the people. I remember that. He is a man of the people. But yeah, just him. a variety of variety of shots. You got to hit. You got to hit gaps because yeah. it is it is pretty tight uh, by the tee that it's in the woods, and you got to throw it down and kind of get it out in the yeah. open. So love that. Um, mine is hole three, another hole that we all three have played. Um, Maybe not so many people played, but hole three, black to black at Roland Ridge Disc Golf Course in Brilliant, Wisconsin. It is a thousand and five foot par five. You once again tee off from an elevated surface, <laughs> and then you play the ridges as Roland Ridge is so aptly known. Um, but it's OB all down the right side, and it's really fun just because you have to be very pinpoint on your angles, especially your nose angles, because when you're throwing up that hill and then back down that hill, um, you have to be really careful. Uh, otherwise, you could burn the disc over or saw it off, hit it early into the... I've never birdied it. I birdied it once. Uh, yeah, I would be happy with a par mm-hmm. on that all day, so... Um, I'm going to go, I think the theme of all of these is elevated or downhill shots. Um, so I'll just continue the trend. Um, I chose hole 17 at Bryant Lake, um, in the Minneapolis area. Um, amazing. It's a 549 foot par four, um, where you essentially, you tee off from the super high elevated mountain slash hill and you're shooting down to, um, like over a road and you're shooting into um, kind of a basket is kind of on top of like a platform or a hill up there. Um, it, it's super hard to explain, but it's just, a, it's a beautiful shot. Um, you feel like you get a good rip on it and it's just the most amazing feeling. I mean, if you don't feel like you can throw 500 feet, uh, go throw <laughs> off you know the top of a hill and you can do it. But no, it's, it was such a great tee shot. Like um, one of our mutual friends and, and, 
you know, myself went to go play a bunch of courses in Minnesota and, um, you know, this is one of them. And it was just the hole that we could not stop talking about. So Bryant Lake, great course and just in general. Sweet. All right, dog. All right. Uh, next up on my list, cause we all did eight. We should mention that we all did eight just as backups in case we crossed over and then we'll narrow it down uh, to 18. But, um, my next up was Glendevere. Um, was the course at the Portland Open, and it's hole eight. Um, it's a par four at 615 feet, but it's downhill. Um, and it's one of the softest par fours and one of the mm-hmm. easiest holes on the Pro Tour. But the re- So, like, I partly picked it because of that, because getting a, a, a nice feel-good three is always good for the pros. But also just when you look at it, it's just another one of those really just aesthetically pleasing yeah. uh, holes because there's timbers in the middle of it where you kind of throw it through and around, but then also as it opens up, cause this is on a ball golf course, more timbers and like the cascades are uh, in the distance. So it's just a really aesthetically pleasing um, looking hole in the Pacific Northwest. Mm-hmm. Just a side point. Has anybody picked, like have, has anybody said one that we've had on our list already, or we all had just um. different holes? With all Your different holes. hole 27 at Sandy Point was one of my reserves, one of my backups. Oh, gotcha. So, yeah. That's kind of cool. I mean, I think I think that just proves to the point where, like, we all have different uh-huh. favorite holes and everybody has their yeah. own taste of disc golf. Um, my next one is top of the world at De La, which is hole 27. Mm. Um, no disc golf course Iconic. is... Uh, not okay, not because not every course has a you know, top of the world shot, but there's something you know, there's you gotta have the hole on the course where you can empty your bag. Like, not satisfied with it, I'm just gonna chuck, chuck, chuck. Um, and so yeah, top of the world. I don't have specific this is the, this is, um. It's okay, everybody, we'll everybody use this knows. time to talk about how Yuli hit the same guy uh-huh. twice. And he hit the same guy for the second time <laughs> on the top of the world hole. But it is a part three. <laughs> it is a part three. But that's also because you throw it with absolutely no power and it goes a mile. <laughs> mm-hmm. Again, if you feel like you don't throw far, throw from yep. the top of the hill. Yep. That's, that's really yes, what it is. is. Yes, it is. Um, my final hole is actually a newer hole one. Um, but it is hole one on the blueberry blueberry course at Highbridge Hills in Highbridge, Wisconsin. So um, for those of you who have been around in disc golf for a while, Highbridge has been around for um, quite some time um, under new ownership now. And the course is, um, you know, running better as better as ever. And it's, it's a fantastic, you know, it's a fantastic, um, fantastic complex but hole one is essentially a um just a hyzer shot onto a um onto like an elevated green um with rocks piled up all around it and um really is i have a i have a couple of uh i guess videos on like my instagram of of that shot and it's like one of my one of my favorite shots um just in disc golf in general and again the complex is really great if you ever have a chance to go up there Michael, you got to get up there. Uh, <clears throat> Tell me about it. No, and you're not bringing any of us because you hate us. So. <laughs> I, We're not bringing I have, you. I have played Highbridge, and I've played all the courses, and Blueberry is by far my my favorite um, mm-hmm. because I think it provides the most diversity, and it's just kind of a little bit of everything. There are, uh, there are courses up there that uh, are soul-crushing, there are courses up there that are, you know, fun and you can ace run things, but Blueberry is just kind of perfect to me. It's yeah. just... I think the new Granite Long to Long would be a great mm. um, pro course. I would love to see the pros play that course. Me too, dude. Me too. You don't even know and you don't <laughs> care to bring any of what your friends with you. So. And par on that one again? Um, it is 373 feet and is a part three. All right, Ben. All right. I have, uh, I have three left because I did my backup. So the next one I have is, um, Pickard Park for the Desmond challenge and it's hole seven. 
which is uh, a par three, 345, but it's a, a really nice manicured hole. Uh, for the MPO, it plays as an island, but it's not an, a traditional island in that if you miss it, you play it as hazard. Um, but this has got, it's very similar to um, our, our Green Bay area folks with the island of um, Pinecrest hole eight in that it's got like the telephone poles that are kind of down and then wood chips are filled in. Um, so it, uh, it plays just like like that as far as like the shape goes, but it's slightly uphill. Most uh, pros can get there, but it's just really just nice manicured hole. Um, and then they've, they've got bleachers and everything behind it just because it's short. Um, and Des Moines really turns out that they've been kind of bringing they got some fans. So that's another kind Pickard of element. Park is a fantastic course in general. Such a fun track. Um, all right, for my last one, uh, another one that probably not that many people have played, but shout out to my Michigan friends. Uh, hole 14 at the Hudson Mills Monster. Uh, there's a reason that the course is called the Hudson Mills Monster, because this one is probably one of the hardest holes I've ever played in my life. Um, and it frustrated me so much, I took a Tournament 9, which is Ooh. an absolutely massive number. <clears throat> What's a par? Uh, par five. At 1,019 mm. feet. Um it is it is purely the if you could pick a hole to say like I'm gonna just take a par and I'll be good, it's this one. <laughs> Do not try and get aggressive. You have to play placement, 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 placement while also getting good distance or see you later. Home get a nine. <laughs> I'm going to interject because this is a great jumping off point. We're going to come back. You can go snake style, Matt, for two. I'm interjecting because uh, my next one up is a great segue for this one. My next one is uh, par five, 725 feet or 1,050 feet. Uh, Northwoods Black Hole 12, Ledgestone Open, Hole 12. The hardest hole in disc golf, and the notes I have are the disc golf hole that eats its young. It does. <laughs> Um, I like watching oh. pros come out of there yeah. defeated. That's why I picked it on there, or, or I picked it and put it on there. Oh, I anything to say for... about that? That seems like a hard hole. I would love to get destroyed by it. <laughs> no, no, no. All right, uh, Matt, you go for two. Um. I'm sorry. Are we doing? Give, yeah, give. Uh, that was our. That was our. Give your. Are we doing honorable mentions? Or are we doing? Oh, oh yeah, we're right, going through everything. On your oh, list, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Okay. Um, I picked um, Tower Ridge, uh, Tower One specifically, hole 17, um, and it's in the short basket position. So what it is, it's a, um, it's a 281 foot par three. I love this. And hole. you shoot from a platform, or not a platform, but like an elevated T. Uh -huh down to like through kind of like a hill slash ravine type thing. Um, woods on both sides. It's a ton downhill tunnel shot um, that you need to stick the green. Otherwise, you're probably going to roll down or, um, you know, get punished. Um, the long teeth, the long pin for me is a little gimmicky. I don't know if either of you yeah. have ever played that, I but um, I just remember going there for the first time and um, me and someone else were like locked in at um, – like locked in for the win and I laced a putter shot right to it and um, birdied it like for the drop in birdie um, and ended up going to, to win the, to win that guy right there. Wow. Um, and it was, it was such a, such a memorable hole. Um, and it just, it always feels good to lace that shot for the win. Yes. Yeah. I have one more on my list. What do you, how many do you I have? I have one Michael? more just because hole 27 at Sandy Point was my reserve. Okay. So, all right, I will go with my last one. I have um, Black Bear Preserve, so it's the MPO or it's the Preserve Open Trek, um, and it is hole ten. It's a par three. It's two sixty nine and three seventy five. 
Um, so this is the one where you throw over like the little uh, like river slash creek, but it has that kind of rock wall facade um, that was a former golf green where the um, basket is now on top of it. So you got to throw uphill. So because you're throwing up, it provides that challenge, but also the baskets on the front half of the green. Um, so you kind of have to figure out what, or you have to kind of pick your poison. Do you, um, do you play it safe and go long and then have uh, a tester on the comeback? Or do you play it short and then try and run it for the two going uphill onto the green? Um, I've seen it played a lot of different ways. And, it, and it's the, it's the either the second or the hardest hole at the preserve yeah. because it's just so testy. And it's, it's a thinker. Oh, yeah. Big time. Wonderful. <clears throat> All right, my last one. Hole 15 at, oh, sorry, hole 16 at Lake Hiawatha Preserve Champions Point Disc Golf Course. Another one in Florida. Played for the World Championships, the AM World Championships in 2021. Um, first course I stepped foot on and played for my worlds. So it's got a special place in my heart. But hole 16 is 895-foot par 5 that starts out and then gently curves to the right. Um, and then the green is what makes it super fun because off to the left and off to the right, almost in a peninsula form, uh, is just like some marshy stuff that you don't really want to put your disc into. But then guarding the green are a bunch of willow trees where you have to just like hit a low shot that comes in pretty not not soft but you got to hit it so that it gets there but also not skipping off and into those marshes so super fun super fun shot so yeah so how many do we have in total uh we have 21 holes All right, we gotta get rid of three. Um, I'm getting rid of my lake, my hole sixteen. It's uh, Champions Lake Hiawatha Preserve Champions Point Disc Golf Course. Getting rid of that one right off the top. Yeah, my reserve one too, the Tower Ridge. Um, great, great meaning to me and special to me. But I mean, it's it's a great hole, but definitely my seventh favorite hole. All right, so we gotta get rid of one more. Which one are we getting rid of? One of yours, Ben. Gosh, gave up favorite. one. <laughs> Fine, then I will give up Pickard Park. Yeah. I'll give up Pickard Park just because that plays pretty straightforward. And then what but... do we want to replace that one with? That one is uh, Northwoods Black. Northwood, sorry, Northwood Black. Wait, I thought I thought you said we had twenty-one. Yeah, because that that was three. We each give up three. Right. So you're you was Northwoods your reserve, Ben? Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. So then you're you're taking out Prickard and you're putting in Northwood. Yeah, okay. Northwood. Yeah. Okay. So there we go. All right. Uh, dishonorable mentions. <laughs> um, I'll start right away, um, and it's actually on a course that I really enjoy and that I have talked about so much on this podcast already. But it is uh, Fox Run Meadows. Uh, I believe it is hole six. Um, it is two hundred and sixty-six feet, par three. And for the pros, it's just a weird dinky forehand oh, that yeah. feels so. The one that you it feels hit high. so, and I don't think. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, you got to hit it high, and it's like I was just watching the coverage again last night, and literally, um, there was only one bogey out of the thirty-nine players who played who got into the cut. Um, there were like three pars, and the rest were birdies. If you didn't birdie that hole, you were the black sheep of the entire tournament. Like, and it was just one of those things that. Um, it just feels so out of place on such a beautiful course. Um, just to have like a dinky hyzer is just yeah. really weird to me. So I don't hate the hole. I hate the placement of where it is on the sure. course. Sure. <clears throat> All right, Ben. Hit us with one, and then we'll I circle back to your last one after I hit it. Okay. Uh, the first one, first one I have is uh, hole five, par three, 476, Eureka Lake, Ledge Zone. It's the baseball oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. hole. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like it because I think throwing over a baseball field is kind of dumb, especially when it's like the fence is there and you clearly see the, like a foul yeah. pole. And also like it's 
I don't like the drop zones. For drop zones so punishing. Like, there's <clears throat> multiple drop zones yeah. on that. Like I think it's just dumb. Like you just, you just I just think it's a dumb hole just because you throw a hyzer and it's just it's it's just I just don't think it's a good hole just for because one throwing over baseball field is dumb, especially at the level of this golf we're trying to get to when we're throwing over a baseball yeah. field. Yeah, I, at this point in disc golf, we should be past that. If we're trying to stake our claim and be different than any other sport, yeah. playing over other sports' fields isn't going to no. do it for us. No. No. Okay. Uh, my only dishonorable mention is Hole 17 at Silver Creek. For those of you who haven't played it, it is probably the most uphill hole you'll ever play in your life. Um, it is maybe... 200 feet max and the most effective way to get to it is a hard flex on a forehand for a right-handed player that uh somehow not true okay fair <clears throat> i threw a backhand turnover and parked great it. for you um but the amount of rollaways that i have seen occur on that hole is just unreasonable Enjoy it while you have it. Yeah, I, I I can't believe I didn't pick that one after all of the times <laughs> I absolutely trashed that hole as when we no. walk up to it. When no. Yeah, one of sure. one. Congrats. 100%. <laughs> great. great. <clears throat> Should go play yeah, Sunday. Go we'll play we'll Sunday. see those stats drop. We'll talk about that off air. <laughs> All right. No one needs. All right, Ben. What's your number two? Brazos East Waco hole fifteen three and four five fifty eight. This is an incredibly stupid hole because of all the crap that's on the feet or on the on the fairway. I hate the railings. I hate the electrical boxes. Why isn't it? Isn't it like hole three on the regular course? Hole fifteen for the tournament course. I believe it's hole four. I'm trying to think. Yeah. One, two, oh, it might be hole three. I don't know. It's either yeah. hole three or four. It's one of those. Either way, it's di- the routing's Not different four, for yeah. the normies, and it's different for the for the pro tour. But still, an incredibly dumb hole, mm-hmm. regardless, because there's electrical boxes, uh, a stupid fence line, and those railings. Yeah, those railings. Do you think it's, it's Do you think it's better as a par three or better as a par four? I think it should be a par zero and just admitted. Great opinion. It goes back Great. to my. Thanks. It goes back to my counter. Argu- it goes back to my argument with Eureka. With Eureka, like if this this is this is the the image we're trying to portray yeah. for disc golf. This is like, yeah. Oh, here's this tee box, and then you got to throw over the electrical boxes. Uh, and then you got to watch out because there's these railings that protect the electrical boxes because it's next to a legit road. Also, there's a fence immediately to the right that's super tight. I, I understand, like, the tight peninsula fairway, but you can totally recreate that yeah. somewhere else with not that's electrical right. in, boxes. In two to three years, that won't e- the Pro Tour won't sure. even be there anymore, so sure. you'll be fine. Well, no, that that whole that course this year was ten ply soft. You see that they might be adding a golf course to it. Yuck! I think that's yuck. in the plans already for the year. Yuck! 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 Okay, to wrap it up. But do you guys, what do you guys think though? Are you guys like cool with like we're just gonna make Brazos East Hole Fifteen a par zero and just vote it off? I haven't the island? played it, so I don't really care about it. <clears throat> it's fine. You've um, seen it. You've seen it. You've watched yeah. it. I mean, just just playing it. I mean, it is it is an extremely hard hole, and it is just a weird like visual grossness as you're walking up to the hole, and you're just like, oh, like there's just so many stupid things in the way that you're thinking about. All and it's like a super tiny area to hit in the like the fairway. So um, I'm not on board with deleting it. I mean, maybe I would say yes. We can delete it off the pro tour. As much as I like the Waco course, um, we can take Waco off the Pro Tour. I'm cool with it. All right. Um, Give us the rundown. What's our 18, Michael? So, 
I, I, I put them in order. In no, no particular, particular order. Hole 18, Fox Run Meadows, a 775-foot par 4. Hole 5, Clover Cliff Ranch, 604 feet, par 4. Hole 8, Maple Hill, 320, par 3. Hole 2, Hornet's Nest, the, specifically the FPO pad, 267, par 3. Hole 17 at Winthrop Arena, the infamous island hole, 249 feet, par 3. Hole 26 at Silver Creek, the lighthouse hole, 439 foot par 4. Hole 5, Winthrop Arena, 10,000, well, 10, <laughs> 1,025 foot par 5. <laughs> hole 4, Idlewild, 722 foot par 4. Hole 2 at Palmetto Point, 543 foot par 4. Hole 10, not hole 10. Hole 27 at Sandy Point, a 337-foot par 3. Hole 3 at Toboggan, 405-foot par 3. Hole 3, Black to Black at Rolling Ridge, a 1,005-foot par 5. Hole 17, Bryant Lake, 549-foot par 4. Hole 8 at Glendovere, 615-foot par 4. Hole 27, Top of the World Shot at Dela. Par 3, probably like a 400-foot shot, whatever. Uh, hole 1, Blueberry at Highbridge Hills, 373-foot par 3. Hole 12, Northwood Black, that's what, 1057, I think, right? 1050, 1050. par 5. And hole 14 at the Hudson Mills Monster, 1,019-foot par 5. We have a lot of guys. Lot our course, our course is really <laughs> long. <laughs> but we're throwing everything from the top uh, of a hill down uh, to the bottom, so yeah, okay. you can just have it, and it's fine. Oh, we will be putting out <laughs> the distances and par of this course for you guys if you ever want to play our Dream 18. Boom! There it is. We'll put it out, and you can tell us how you played there you, it. There you go. All right, gentlemen. Buy or sell. <laughs> we'll wrap it up with this for tonight. Let's get it. My favorite segment. Before we yeah, get there, I'll I go love first. How... Mine's. Hold on. Before okay. we get there, I love how we say, ah, we'll keep the episode shorter. <laughs> We're just about to cross the hour mark. But I feel like this is just going to be our running bit, which is fine yeah, by me. Yeah, we just, just have a lot yeah. to say. But that's just our running bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll right. go first. Mine's just a super simple one for this week. Um, hopefully, I won't get absolutely bodied like I had the last two weeks. But um, Take better you know. We'll see. Yeah. Well. Uh. Yeah. We'll. We'll see. But. Uh. Buy or sell. Aces are good shots. What does that even mean? Are aces of good they're shots? Good. Of course they're good. You did everything that you're supposed to do. You threw it in and won. Uh, okay. I there's okay. So the, I have buy. I I'm so torn. I am gonna buy it. But like a. A beeline shot that, you know, if the basket wasn't there, it's cruising bass and maybe mm-hmm. going like 100, 150 foot long, then uh, that's not a great shot. But if you're like yeah. actually going for like a skip shot and you actually like hit it and you hit the, like – and you're actually sure. going I, for it. For me, I would yes, just – It's a good shot. Yeah. And that's the thing is like uh, for me, I feel like about – 75 to 80% of aces are complete accidents. Like you can, like, especially if you get it in a tournament, like I, you can't tell me that you're going for an ace in a tournament shot. Like for me, and maybe it's just the way that I play, I'm playing for that birdie. So I'm playing for that either skip up to underneath the basket for the drop in bird. So I don't have to putt or, you know, something along those lines where I'm never really going for an ace. If I'm going for an ace, it's probably a, a misrelease or I am, absolutely crushing a disc i shouldn't be uh well i'm buying just because like to get an ace you gotta have some luck and have some luck you still have to be pretty good or decent i'm also buying the take fair for fun for fun still got bodied awesome (laughs) of course wouldn't be an episode without it keep it keep it keep it rolling all right I'll, i'll take the next one all right prodigy Buy or sell this. Prodigy suing Gannon Burr. Sell Prodigy. No, no, no. 
Prodigy suing Gannon Burr <laughs> over trying to leave his contract early will not be the last lawsuit from a manufacturer towards a player. Bye. Yeah, I think that's a that's a bye for sure. This is I just mean, set the precedent. Mm-hmm. I think you'll see a lot more of them coming up now that now that like Prodigy got well, got roasted for it, and then like, but I think you do set the standard. Like you set the standard, even though Prodigy got roasted for it. Players know that if they step out of their contracts, there's kind of a little bit of like a, hey, no, 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 it's not going to happen. You're not going to do it. You need to start honoring. Now I'm just your thinking contracts. along the lines of just like, is this going to be the step that is going to make both parties, the player and the manufacturer, have ironclad clauses in their, you know, in their contracts going forward, and. I think that yeah. that would be enough of a reason and, you know, the absolute mockery that came to Prodigy would be enough to sway any manufacturer to the negative side of not trying to you know, file a lawsuit against a player under their contract. Yeah. I think I think that you'll see it, in my opinion, I think that you'll see lawsuits come sooner only because contracts aren't that, like, yeah, ironclad right yeah. now. Whereas, like, because of this, you'll see future contracts mm-hmm. be more yeah. ironclad because no one wants to yes. get sued. I also don't think that it's going to be the last yeah. time it happens. So mm-hmm. everyone's buying. No. All right. Uh, I'm going to say this, then you're going to give your take, and then I will explain why after. Uh, in, 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 in five years, Silver Series events won't exist. So. I am going to buy only because I think that Silver Series will eventually become like what are you your, okay. I guess your AM, your AM, your AM similar. type tour. Like it's going to be like your, you're going to have to prove yourself on your Silver events to get to the the elite events my man yes i think silver series is gonna be like the corn fairy tour where this is how we determine who makes up like tour cards number x through x that's why yeah, i i guess I, so okay, when, I, I guess i, I baited him into selling it so we can it. body him <laughs> <laughs> body yes that that's is the only one mean. this week I, like, I sold my this thing is is that right pretenses. now well, that, the only the only reason I was it. hesitant, the only reason I was hesitant is, do we think it's five years? I think five years. I, I think it could possibly. I think it could be mm-hmm. five years, and I am I'm, I'm buying it, and I'm hoping that it is, because I don't want to see Silver Series really get that much coverage. Um, to be honest, I'm but okay with some uh, But but I would like to see something like a. Not like a development type thing, but I want to see the best of the best um, be a part of the elite tournament. Silver Series. I don't want to see Joe Schmo. They're just gonna Silver Series are just gonna continue to have their fields That's diluted, true. not be, by any of their own fault of like the mm-hmm. event, but it's just like as the Pro Tour continues to build really good events and like these Elite Plus events and the purses keep getting bigger. Like for the actual elite series, like the fields on the silver series are going to just keep getting yeah. diluted in terms of just like, you know, our top 15 probably aren't going to yeah. be playing that many yeah. in five years. Mm-hmm. So I think the silver series is solely just going to be another tour that makes up the next I mean, half of the you're You're, the you're actually and we have to, we have to, right already because the silver series is gone. It's just a silver event now. Yes. <laughs> okay. Semantics. Thanks. Uh, but I and you know I I know that we don't do a lot of current events on here, and I won't necessarily allude to the exact situation. Um, but we need our best players playing in the best events. Um, you know, we shouldn't have like top players not being able to play a major or do stuff like that. Um, it's got to be. Um, you know, go listen to Night Owls if you want to hear One that thing, debate. Okay. But um, we have to, we have to have the best players playing in our in our. One best thing that Night Owls didn't touch on that I was 
hoping that you guys would touch on was that James Conrad, a world champion and a USDGC champion, did not get in. Even though he got an invite, he did not get in. Yeah, I didn't look at the list fully. James Conrad. uh, He's not in there. As a multi-time major winner, is not in the field. Silly. I mean, that's just more. I think that's more to the. That's more to the I mean, fact of what we talked about last week, register. where someone has to. Someone from the PDGA. If you're going to run the majors, you have to be. You have to be doing something. You have to have somebody in charge of this stuff. Make sure you have to have like. Seems like it's I, I would just. I would just imagine like the top. Like, what if like one of the top golfers in the world was just like. Whoop, Sorry, Rory. Like, missed the registration. Whether it was on that player or on like. On themselves, like, or on the governing body, like, you know, what, what, what? that would never happen. Like, it just, it just makes a mockery, I feel like, of our, like, there shouldn't be anybody sub a thousand. The people who, the AM, the AM world, there's an easy fix, there's an easy fix to that. There's an easy, there's an easy fix to that is is that every major winner automatically is in every in the last five years it's just they just do it just like augusta like for the masters like you go back x amount of years and every major winner is automatically in and then unless they just decline before whatever um yeah easy fix (coughs) doug doug bjerkis if you're listening do it like that please (laughs) save them save them please topic here because the menu for the masters dinner has come out for the players is extremely so Scotty. Have you seen it, Matt? Okay. Well, the okay. I don't even know what the, I'm going to eat. Why would I follow what other people eat? Winner. I eat quick trip for before, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Dinner. No free ads for <laughs> the players playing in the the next Masters. And well, it's just and, the oh, champions, yeah, just the former champions. Sorry, champions. Yeah. So I pose this question to you guys to kind of wrap us up a little bit. What major would we do this with in disc golf? USDGC. World. I was, USDGC. I was, I was also going to say USDGC. I just USDG, don't. I, USDGC is our master. Like, that's real. Yeah. Like, if you, if you win, you get in a lifetime exemption. You have yep. to qualify. Yeah. Lifetime invitation, yeah. I mean, I, I maybe it's just because I have a... I have some weird. I love I love some holes at USDGC, um, but I'm just not a huge USDGC fan. Like I now can't wait. Honestly, I can't. We're, talking, we're just about, right. talking about the dinner. We're right, talking but about you, the fun. But you, but you told this you told me match. what tournament. Like Matt hates fun. I don't respect. <laughs> yes, I hate fun. But I just don't. He doesn't I respect don't, fun. He hates fun. Episode three. Matt God. hates fun. We already figured it out. <laughs> Yeah, because if Matt won USDGC, he'd be having KT spicy chicken sandos as his as his USDGC champion dinner. And specifically, hotties (laughs) from that one place because no free ads. Hotties. Well, that wraps up our show today. Yeah, folks. that's a good segue. So glad you joined us. <laughs> that's a good segue. Thanks for tuning in and listening. Be sure you uh, rate uh, us and hopefully just give us some fair love because this one was yeah. This, this is, one was the most. This is a rough one for us, boys. Uh, we is... hope you enjoyed it. Next week, a little shout out. Uh, fingers crossed, if it all works out, we'll have our first guest. Uh, do some fun stuff for next week. Uh, but this has been Casual Relief, a Door Disc Golf Podcast. Be sure to rate us, like us, do all that good stuff. Uh, we will catch you on the next one. Later. Later.